0: Warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and others. Yo, what's going on? I am Scrooge Bronson. And I am stop Foster. That's right. And you tuned in The Viewers Anonymous, the podcast. What's going on, bro? Oh, man, I can't call it, man. Look, I am,
1: like, I'm super excited for the episode, but I'm also, mm-hmm. dude, excited about something I told you about the last episode. Yeah. Man, listen, I have had this kid cut it on repeat, dude. I done went through this album, like, four times, dude. I'm yeah. telling you. Fire. Like, I know, dude, man. I, I ain't had a chance to listen yet. Oh, man, listen, I dude, you already know how I feel about Cuddy. Mm-hmm. And, like, man, I'm so inspired. Like, I, I, I got to do a 28, man. I got to do um, – I've done – because it, it's been three years ago now. I did, yeah. a, I did a episode called uh, Kid Cudi – well, Cudi Saved My Life. Mm-hmm. And, like, dude, I got to do a sequel, man. Like, nice. because, like, listen, like, listening to this album – and then listening to the interview that he did with uh what's his name, Zane Lowe or whatever Yeah, the fuck that damn name is. Yeah, dude. I was, and like listening to him talk, like th- that dude is just a very unique dude, man. Like uh-huh. he just seemed like one of the realest artists out, man. Yeah. But it's just some shit from listening to the album and You know, listening to that interview, and it's just like, and it also takes me back to like different points of my life and shit. Mm -hmm. Like, it just inspired me, man, to, to, I got, I got, I got to put a pod out, man. So it's going to be, it's going to be a part two of this, uh, Cut It Stay My Life coming out soon, man. Cause that's like, but that album,
0: man, like when you get around to it, yeah, you'll you'll see what I'm saying. You'll see what I'm saying. Man, I, I think, you know what I'm saying, first off, I'm I'm happy that, you know what I'm saying, he got over. Well, I ain't going to say got over, but he overcame the problems he was having, you know what I'm saying, with his mental health. Because, you know, you don't never want to see nobody like that. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand, like, with Kid Cudi, man, like, he he is a a true pioneer, like, the way that the sound is now. I feel like, uh, especially, like, the way it has developed into what it is at the current moment, I think that he had a, a huge hand in that. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, I guess people call it, like, emo rap or whatever. But, like, he was he was one of the first guys to really, like, really get into that bag. And then, not only that, like, he is a super creative. Like, to me, I feel like he is, like, in that Kanye lane. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be able to create some of the shit that he created is, like, yo, the, the first man on the moon was nuts. You feel me? Like, to me, I feel like that's a classic. Like, I don't, know, I don't give a fuck what nobody said. So I will argue anybody down over that. Like, to me, that album is a fucking classic. Like, the way it sound, the fucking songs that was on there, like, it don't sound like shit else out at the time. And I feel like the, with Cudi coming back and finally getting back into, you know what I'm saying, the studio and doing everything, I think that he's going to thrive because, like, all of this that's that's out now, like, the sound and all that shit, like, it really fit his mold. So I think that he's going to be all right, you know what I'm saying, in this climate. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and before we go to the movie, man, like he they uh, Zayn Lowe asked him, and it makes so much sense. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They asked him what what album was it that that you could listen to from front to start, and it like inspires you. And he said Staconian. and then yeah. he said Anything Outcast, and it makes perfect sense because like yeah. he's a pioneer. But I think that with him pioneering his own sound and his own lane. I think uh-huh. he still was inspired by somebody like Andre Three Thousand, because like, yeah, about, because like, he did some of the stuff with, with with you know what I'm saying with Big Boy, but it seems like when he did that Love Below, that Love Below
0: was like it was so different in hip hop. Like,
1: for I him mean, to do,
0: a lot of people say that you know what I'm saying like a lot of people say that, but if you go back and listen to Speaker Box, Speaker Box is. Not a traditional hip hop album. It's not even a traditional southern hip hop album. It's not like a trap album. It's like it's not. It's nothing like any of that. Like if you go and just listen to Church off of that, like that shit don't sound like nothing else. You know what I'm saying? That was out at the time. So I think like with Outkast, they had they had went into that realm, especially around like Stankonia. AT, well, I take that back. Like, ATLians to me is where they kind of took off. And went oh, yeah. into that um you know what I'm saying, like just went into that lane where like they was just like outsiders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And especially you know, with like, yeah, like to me it, it it all of that shit just like it, it it meshed together so well and it's so you know what I'm saying, unique and so you know what I'm saying like in its own lane. And then not only that, like three three thousand get a lot of the credit for being like this. You know what I'm saying like this, this hyper genius, and which he is. Don't get me wrong. Like it's it's a it's not a lot of motherfuckers who can rap with three thousand. It's not a lot of motherfuckers who can go toe to toe with three thousand, like at all. That's one of my top five favorite rappers. Um, actually top three favorite, no top five favorite rappers. I'm right. I'm tripping. Um, <clears throat> but when you you know what I'm saying like when you listen to Big Boy, like Big Boy don't he not just like just rapping. Like, he in that weird lane, too, that, you know what I'm saying, like, he can he can do some shit out of the way. Like, to me, I feel like if you go back and listen to Idlewild, because we just brought that up off air. but if you go back and listen to Idlewild, you'll see that, like, Big Boy is also in that space to where he in that weird, you know what I'm saying, creative space, too, but, yeah, I, I can see Al being one of his influences, especially, like, a heavy influence.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, man, this is a this, this is why I'm excited for this one, man, because it's it's, it's for two reasons. And um, the movie that we're doing today is we're doing Casino. And one of the reasons, yeah, the first reason I'm happy is because this was one of your ideas. And mm-hmm. another reason why is because I remember doing, we did on my uh, 28 Minutes of Less podcast, we did The Biggest Snakes in movies. Mm-hmm. And me and you had like a little thing with Nikki. Because, yes. you know, you, you felt that Nikki was fine in some spots, and I felt that Nikki was kind of fucked up in some spots. So this is gonna be very, this is gonna be a very special episode because we're gonna get a lot of your opinions. And like, mm-hmm. so we're not we're gonna do this one on the you know a different type of format. Um we're gonna kinda do this one like we did Cheddar Island. So like basically the outline of this film is um there's this guy named Sam and on uh, Sam Rothstein and Sam is this guy back on um, he was a, a great better but he was one of those those dudes who bet on games that it was so funny because when Nikki was doing a narration of him he was saying that this dude knows if the dude uh, if the quarterback girlfriend just broke up with him yeah. he knew the wind speed he knew the difference between turf and grass he mm-hmm. was like he said he was so into it he was like he didn't even enjoy it when he won so, yeah. like he took Betty so serious and winning money for these mob dudes back at home. They basically sent him out to Las Vegas for mm-hmm. him to be able to control this casino so they could bring more money back home. Nikki ended up getting son out there. Sam didn't want him out there. Um, Sam ended up getting with this girl, Ginger, who turned out to be like this, this girl that was she was being pinned, but she, Yeah, she was a hooker, but she also. <laughs> She was the scammer before scamming. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the girl that like scamming credit cards, like she was scamming, Uh like in the the casino. And basically, what ended up happening, Nikki ended up being, uh, you know, a very sought after guy um, by the FBI and all this type shit. Sam wanted to get his gang license. He gets turned down. And basically, Nikki got into so much shit to where everything ended up getting shut down and Sam ended up having to go back and doing games like he used to. Okay. So that's basically the rundown of this. But I'm trying to, like,
0: where, where should we start? What do you think is the greatest place to start when we're talking um, about this movie? It would definitely have to be at the very beginning. You know what I'm saying? the the What was unique about this movie was this was all from the, really all from the point of view of Nikki. You know what I'm saying? He was the narrator of the movie. Um, he was he was kind of, you know what I'm saying, the, the co-star. He was one of the focal points of the movie. So definitely in the beginning, you know what I'm saying, when he's introducing everybody and everything that's going on. Um, one thing that I always found to be interesting about this movie that um, in this movie, Sam is Jewish. He's not Italian. You know what I'm saying? He's not traditionally Italian in this movie. So when he, uh, when when Nicky's talking about Sam, he talks about him in such a way. But at the same time, like you got to remember that Sam really is an outsider. He's not a, you know, he's not one of the the true, you know, what I'm saying one of the true guys. And so, for Sam to be able to create everything that he did, with him being an outsider and with him being so good at what he did, I always found it amazing that, you know, you know him coming in and, and doing what he did. Inside an Italian mob and being so beloved and you know saying so well liked, um, but definitely you know so like I said definitely in the beginning you know we get introduced to Nikki we get introduced to Sam and they're two totally different opposite characters. Sam is real careful, um, he's real calculated, well thought out. You know what I'm saying clean guy. He's not you know he's not going outside the way to do anything. It's strictly to the plan. And if you can't be by the plan then you sit back and you come up, you know what I'm saying, develop something else. To whereas Nicky is, you know what I'm saying, he's an on-the-fly guy, brass, you know what I'm saying, real loud, you know what I'm saying, tough guy, doesn't really care about, and you know what I'm saying, too much of anything. Basically, he's the muscle, you know what I mean? Like he makes sure he – he's making sure that everything is going according to plan by any means necessary. And, you know – to be, you know what I'm saying, for them two to be so good at what they did, it only made sense that eventually they ended up getting put together. Because now you have Sam who's going to make you all this money. You got Nikki, who's been making you all this money. And then you put these two guys together. You go take them out there, put them in Vegas. And they basically run in Vegas, you know. Um, I thought it was also kind of kind of cool how, you know what I'm saying, Nikki always kept his little brother around him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nikki to me, I felt like he was real family-oriented. You know what I'm saying? He loved his son. He loved his wife. Um, Me, personally, Nikki's my favorite character in this movie. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm I'm giving him a lot of kudos, that's really one of the reasons why, because I kind of admired Nikki for, you know what I'm saying, like, what he is. Like, dude, in the movie, you know, he talks about how he really worked his way up to get where he's at. And then not even that, like, you kind of see him taking the proper steps to really become one of the top dogs in that, you know what I'm saying, in that, in that world, you know, in that underground world. And, you know, for him to, you know what I'm saying, get along with Sam and, you know, let Sam kind of do his thing, you know, you got to you gotta kind of admire a guy like that. Like at first, Nikki was very humble, you know what I'm saying. He paid attention to a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying. He was real loyal. I think that after a while, it kind of got to the point to where – you know what I'm saying once the you know saying like once the head start really talking to him and trying to tell him like, yo, either you calm down or you come home, it got to the point to where he was just like, Fuck all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna do things my way now. Like, you know what I'm saying? We out here, nobody's really watching us, you know, so everything is getting reported back. Well, you can't report the shit back if we stop that shit before it get there. And he kinda seen, you know, what I'm saying he kinda had a vision of really taking over this place that, you know, what I'm saying the mob had a huge hand in. It was it was kinda like the Wild Wild West in a sense, like the way Nikki looked at it, Sam kind of looked at it more so of you know, playing by the book I'll go in here, I, you know what I'm saying, make sure I work my way up and then eventually I turn all this shit over and do it the legal way and now we really can get some money because now the fact that it's legal, you know we don't even have to, you know what I'm saying send money through paper bags, I can we can set up an account and make sure that you guys can get access to the account, stuff like that, like, but he ended up getting slipped up, of course, messing around with Ginger. Um, you know what I'm saying? If you've seen the movie, you know Ginger couldn't leave Lester alone. And Lester was uh, a scumbag bomb pimp who really, you know what I'm saying, was kind of faking it. He's a fake it till you make it kind of guy. And, uh, you know, he just did. That was really his end. The end was that, you know what I'm saying, Ginger loved him. And if it wasn't for Ginger, you know, Lester really wouldn't have done a lot of what he did. And so, you know, you really see that Ginger, especially with her character, she has a lot of the brains, you know what I'm saying, in the situation of her and Lester. Um, He kind of just makes her do whatever, but she's really, like, the brains of it. Like, even when they first show um, Ace, well, I keep saying Ace, uh, Sam meeting her. You know what I'm saying? Like, when Sam finally sees her, you can see her, like, working and, and hustling the guys at the casino, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She's she's with the dude, he's spending a lot of money. And then, you know what I'm saying? They get drunk, go back to the hotel, boom, she robbed them, clean them out. Then boom, she there next time with a whole other dude. You know what I'm saying? Same thing, same hustle, different shit. You know what I'm saying? They buy some dude, some dudes to get to the point where they're buying stuff for, her and then boom, she clean them out, like, or some just don't get to make it that far, and then she's clean them out. Mm-hmm. I think that with Sam, what ended up happening was he charmed her enough and really cared about her enough for her to kind of get that same feeling it was just that you know when you got that old love and you know you you got that that one person and i think lester was that person for it. but i mean <laughs> yo it's, this this movie is man like this movie is so weird because it's not necessarily like just a a, a you know it's not like one lane for this movie this movie is a, a history movie. This movie is a love story. This movie is um, it's an action movie. It's a in a sense, a comedy movie. Like, it's so many different elements of this movie that's all put together. But for me, the main tool is that it's a love story, and at the same time, it's like a hist- historical you know what I'm saying, like historical movie too, because this is actually based off of Actual person, this ain't just a movie that somebody wrote down and put together. Like this shit really, well, this shit, some of this shit really happened. And so you know, like Sam is based off an actual person. Nikki is based off a real life person. So you know, what I'm saying they're really just telling you about how the mob kind of helped Vegas become what it is. You know, what I'm saying like they really showed them. You know, what I'm saying like the way to you know make money and make sure people don't win like cuz a lot of people forget like Vegas was heavily ran by the mob for a long time a lot of people say that it still is but it's just not as you know it's just not as prominent now but at one point in time like you can really get fucked up for going and cheating like if you knew how to count cards they would take you in the alley and beat you the fuck up sometimes kill you for counting cards and cheating you know what I'm saying the casinos so for you know, what I'm saying for them to really show like the intricacies and then the upbringings and like all the different methods and everything that Sam was bringing to it, and then on the flip side showing you how Nicky was kind of being his bodyguard and then kind of being his protection amongst all of this, you know, what I'm saying I, I think it was just you know, so like a great way to you know show people what Vegas was really like around that time. Yeah. And I also thought one thing you
1: left out was I think it's also a movie of portrayal, mm-hmm. um, and then when you think of a character like Sam, like Sam was one of those guys who I think that he thought because he was so good at one thing that he could be good at other things. Right. And what I mean by that is when it came to Ginger, like when it came to Ginger, like he thought that he could buy her in with him being able to charm her and to buy her everything that she wants that it could make him well make her love him Yeah, even in the very beginning like she told Sam from the very jump like Sam told her how much he liked her all this type of shit he wanted to start a family with her and all this shit and she told him right there I like you but I don't like you like that Mm -hmm. that was the sign for Sam to leave her the fuck alone No, Sam like hey I can bet any game I'm running the casino when nobody told me I can run a casino. I know I can make this girl fall in love with me and all this type shit. And it was something like watching him. And then also in the scenes that he had with ginger, it was, it was a very disappointing thing to watch because cuz one thing that you can never do is you can never force somebody to love you. Like right. it's no matter it don't it don't it don't matter what you do, it don't matter how much money you got and all of that type of shit. But the thing that disappointed me about Sam is the fact that this girl told him and Sam just totally disregarded it. And Ginger caused so many problems oh. for Sam in this movie. I think that that is Honestly, I think Ginger is the whole thing that fucked up the shit with him and Nikki, because I don't think that the shit got that much. I don't agree with that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't agree
0: with that. Go ahead.
1: Okay. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why I feel that way. Because yes, Nikki had his whole mind and everything in sight of what he wanted to do when he went out to Vegas, Uh but I think that. Ginger caused so much of a distraction to Sam to where him and Nikki couldn't stay on the same page because he spent so much time chasing around Ginger, trying to make sure Ginger ain't fucking around with Lester and all of this shit, that it took his mind off the business. It took his mind off of what him and Nikki's whole thing was of even being out in Vegas. And I think that with him always... You know, like there's one scene where he asked her where she been. And she was like, Oh, I went out to eat with such and such. What did you have? What did she have? All right, I'm gonna call her and she, you know what I'm saying? Like like stupid shit like that. It's mm-hmm. like when, when you're trying to stop somebody from cheating on you, like that's one thing I tell everybody from personal experience. You're never gonna stop anybody from cheating on you. Right. And no matter what you do, you can do all the things in the world, you chase them around, all this type of shit. It's never gonna work. And like with Sam. Running around doing all of the shit, it took his eye off the ball. And mm-hmm. I think that if he was able to conversate more with Nikki, now, like you said, yes, Nikki had his mind set on doing certain things. But I think that if Sam had the time to really, like, Nikki, like, this is what we need to do within time, all of the shit that you want, it will happen. Mm-hmm. But with him chasing around Ginger and you know, then end up getting her pregnant. Now he got a child. That takes you off the ball because now you're trying to raise a child and you're trying to stop this girl from cheating on you and you're trying to keep enough money to keep her happy. So there's so much chaos going on with Sam and then Nikki is over here running wild and him wanting to take over Vegas. I think that that also fucked up their relationship and I don't think that Nikki would have got in that black book if Ginger never would have came around because I just felt like she took up so much of his time and so much of his energy of him trying to please her and then raise a child and to stop her from cheating and keep her away from Lester and all of this type shit. I think that all of that chaos fucked so much shit up to where him and Nikki ended up getting on the outs to the point where Nikki ended up Fucking Ginger, and then Ginger ended up fucking shit up for him as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like Ginger caused so much fucking chaos between these two group of friends who, like, cause she even got to the point where she said she wanted um, Nikki to whack Sam. And she's like, I'm not mm-hmm. whacking Sam. You're like, I've known this dude for 35 years. But at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, this dude for 35 years, but you fucking his wife too. Like, so <laughs> it's like, yo, it's, it's like my, my thing with Nikki is like his priorities was like, I, I see what you're saying, but like, that's one of those situations where if somebody said, Yo, if one of your friends cheated on you, like with your wife or whatever, like who to be mad at? Mm-hmm. And like, and my thing is, I would be more mad at Nikki because, like, dude, we've been dogs for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, She's brand new in my life. Like, she's been around for, like, I don't know, maybe a decade. So, But we've been cool for three decades. So you should know better more than anybody not to do any type of shit like this. So that's why I feel like she fucked up so much shit because then their relationship even got more fucked up when Sam figured out that him and Nikki, well, Nikki and uh, Ginger was fucking around. So mm-hmm. that even caused even more chaos. So Ginger is really like the
0: fucking she's the fucking antichrist in this movie, man. Not necessarily, right? And I see what you're saying. You got you make you make great points. Great, great points. But I think more so it's it's not necessarily ginger. I think ginger just so happened to be um I don't want to say a victim. Okay. Ginger just so happened to be more so of a beneficiary of the chaos, right? She just so happened to be able to capitalize off the chaos. Um, to me, I felt like when they went out there, once Nikki seen what he could do, and once Nikki seen like the parameters that they gave him, I think his vision was more so of the old school mentality of the mob of we're going to take all of this shit over and this shit is going to be ours. We are going to control this shit no matter what. I think what really caused the chaos is when he got into it with the heads, right? Because they they kind of, you know, they kind of was trying to have Nikki on the leash. And I felt like a guy like Nikki, you can't really have him on the leash. You got to more so... You know, let him. You got to let him kind of be free and roam, and you know what I'm saying. Just trust that he's gonna be loyal to you, because if you remember, like before that, before he got word about what the heads had said about everything that he was doing, he really wasn't. He really wasn't having no issues. It was until you know what I'm saying, like he got into it with the heads, is where everything else was starting to, you know what I'm saying, go wrong. Like shit wasn't getting sloppy at first until then. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sam's shit was going good. His shit was going good. Yeah, he was having issues with Ginger, but for the most part, I think everything was everything was going, you know what I'm saying, accordingly. To me, I don't feel like Ginger shit was, was like really fucking everything up. I think it was more so of the fact that Sam was getting into so much shit and doing so much shit. Like you said, him trying to be Instead of a jack, well, him trying to be a jack of all trades instead of a, a master of one or two or three. You know what I mean? Like the fact that, you know, he was trying to, I think, well, he yeah, had like a TV show. The fact that he was trying to get the gaming license. And then, you know, once he got into it with the deputy and then once he got into it with the judge and the, the governor and all that, you know what I'm saying, like the, the local government, of the, you know am saying, of Nevada, I mean, or Las Vegas. And then on top of that, like... <clears throat> You know when they when he was in the meeting with the I think it was the deputy or whatever he was talking to him no not the deputy the um the gaming commissioner yeah and he was telling them like yo you know what I'm saying? I want to get a gaming license and he was like yeah I don't I don't think a guy like you is gonna be able to get that and once that happened I think he was so focused on trying to go go legit and forgetting that you know what I'm saying the business that you're in is not a legit business for real. You know, you don't – you can't – really, you're an outsider. You're not even from this area. You really don't even know this area like that. Yeah, you know, you run casinos and everything else, but, you know, we know you for being the guy that runs the casino. We don't know you for doing what Nikki does. And I think that if they had done it the traditional way to where Nikki goes and talks to these guys, we don't even have this issue. We get this – you know, they get this. They get the gaming license. You know, what I'm saying if he went the route that he was supposed to go, all of this shit is, you know, what I'm saying it, it never happens. But he's trying to more so go like in this legit lane, to where you know he doesn't have the inner, you know, he's worried about the interference with the police and the government, FBI and all that. To so whereas you got to remember, like the mafia didn't care nothing about that shit. Like they had people on the force, they had people in the government, you know, so like they had connections. And so with Nikki. I think Nikki had that mentality of, you know, I don't really give a fuck what anybody says. I'm untouchable. And going out there to Las Vegas and being free, because remember, even when they got out there, Nikki told him like, yo, we can really take this town over, like, in so many words, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he said, like, and he was really having his mindset on really controlling that, you know what I'm saying, that area. And then, like, towards the end, I, I kind of see what you mean to where you say like, when Ginger got involved and doing everything else. But like I said, I think she was more so of a beneficiary of the chaos because outside of Ginger, shit was already going right. You know, so like I said, once the, once the heads got to talking to him, then it started to become a problem. Then they find out that he's being watched by the FBI because his team is not as tight as they're supposed to be. And then, you know, then you got Sam, on the other hand, who he's also getting watched by the FBI. But at the same time, he's also getting watched now by the local government and local police force. So now he has so many people on his head because he's trying to do some shit that they don't want him to do. That's bringing extra heat down on him. Then on top of that, like he's doing shit like doing TVs and I mean TV shows and all this extra shit and doing all these guest appearances and all that shit. Like he tried to be like Johnny Carson or some shit. And then like now it's like okay, we gotta get rid of these motherfuckers because now they fucking shit up because. They're not, you know what I'm saying, like, they're not quiet enough. they too goddamn loud. they too flamboyant. they too arrogant at what they're doing. So now, you know what I'm saying, this is going to fuck everything else up. Then I think one of the hits that they're supposed to do where somebody fucked up the hit or some shit like that. I forgot what part that was, but I think, like, one of the hits they did where somebody had fucked up the hit. And then that also caused, you know what I'm saying, more problems because uh, one of the dudes was supposed to do it didn't do it right, and then the one situation where um, they was in the casino, and the dude had his feet on the table. Sam tell him knock his feet off the table. With the dude like, you don't even know who I am. Sam so like, I don't give a fuck who you are. And then now, that's bringing once again. That's some other shit that happened to where they bring in some shit, and you know what I'm saying. Then Nikki got to go clean this shit up now. So it's just like I felt like after a while, like Nikki kind of felt not necessarily resentment. But I think he kind of just got exhausted of having to clean up all of this shit for Sam. So it wasn't just the ginger shit that started. I think this started way before the ginger shit. It was just more so, you know, like, because even when, remember when they sent them out there and they was talking to Sam or whatever, they was also talking to Nikki and they was like, yo, I want you to go out there and watch them You know what I'm saying? He was supposed to be Sam's muscle. That way Sam didn't get fucked up. And even though Sam didn't want him out there at first, like, I mean, who else would you, you know? Who else would you want out there with you besides a guy like Nick? You know what I mean? I, I think well, a lot of the shit like what
1: really fucked Sam up was Sam wanted to run things the way he wanted to run it. Exactly. What, what ended up happening? I think what well fucked up a lot of shit was he had people working for him that he didn't want working there. Uh huh. And one of the people was, like, the senator's son or some kind of type of shit. Yeah, he, he kept messing up everything
0: up,
1: Yep. Yeah, he kept fucking up, so he fired him. And that's when he went for the gaming license because the one guy told him, you don't need gaming license. He said, mm-hmm. all you got to do, is they got to do this one thing and they could just redo the process, redo the process, and all this type of shit. But when he fired that dude's son, a nephew, or whatever, he shut Sam down. Yeah. And so it got to a point where Sam had to get a gaming license And they shot him down on getting the gaming license, and that's when he started doing a TV show. Now, was it smart to do TV show? No, that part was dumb. But at the same time, when you look at Nikki, though, Nikki, what fucked Nikki up was the fact of Nikki really forgot. Like, I get his point of we come out here and we rob the whole city. I Mm -hmm. get that, but you also got to have people on your team. That respect your boys, like you don't have a motherfucker going there and put his feet on the table. Exactly, and, all that, and that's what I'm saying. His team
0: wasn't tight enough.
1: Yeah, his team, his team wasn't good, and then his team didn't understand how Sam was connected with them. Mm-hmm. Now I get it, like as you said, because he would always call Sam the Jew, and yep. Sam even said it like I'm like Nikki is a made man, like he's connected, mm-hmm. and but Nikki getting into. The shit that he's getting into, doing these robberies on the side, and then getting banned to going in the casino. Cause see, that's another thing that fucked him up. Like him and Sam's relationship got fucked up because he Sam told Nikki, "You need to stop what you're doing because what's gonna happen? You're gonna get up in that. You're gonna get. You're going to get in that book, and you're not gonna be able to go into mm-hmm. the casinos. So he fucked around, got put in the book. And the thing about the book was. If you get found in a casino, like you're banned from it, but also the place that allow you to gamble in it, they get fined as well. So Sam mm-hmm. had to push him, you know, he had to push him off. And then he started doing coke and all that type shit. Yeah. And then come with coke, shit that you do ain't as calculated. Yeah. So when he started doing coke, yeah, you get sloppy. And once he started getting sloppy. Sam was trying to distance himself from him because he's like, okay, I have to get these gaming licenses now. And with getting these gaming licenses, I can't be seen with you uh-huh. because you in this black book with Al Capone and all this type of shit. So I think that their relationship ended up getting really fucked up because the business got fucked up. Yeah, And like I said, I think Sam Sam problem was he, he was it's great to be calculated but like it seemed like he was too calculated because like Sam would get pissed off over some shit like, like he he told the damn uh, the damn
0: chef that he wanted the, blueberries. the same amount want, of blueberries I want, I want the, uh, the same amount of blueberries in every month like how the fuck you gonna do that so it's like
1: Sam was now I get it I get it Sam is a perfectionist uh-huh. And I understand that, and it's like, but you can't have a uh, a perfectionist and another guy that thinks the way that that's hot headed like a guy like Nikki. Like there was one time yeah. now, you also Nikki's one of those guys. He's like, uh, what's a great analogy? He's like a Dennis Rodman. You, you don't want to play against them, but you want them uh-huh. on your team. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, like going to do whatever team. it takes to win. Yeah, like that one scene where the guy had uh said something to Sam and yeah, at the bar. At the bar and, and Nikki started stabbing him with a pen. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you, yeah, you want this motherfucker on your team, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like that wasn't necessary. Okay, yeah, he said something smart to me, but it wasn't necessary to stab him with a pen, you know, 20 times to kick
0: the shit out of him. Like it was definitely we could have avoided this whole situation no see this is and this is what once again this is my thing like it was definitely necessary you got to remember what line of work that they're in it's either kill or be killed you know what i'm saying this is laissez-faire this is survival of the fittest this is social darwinism at its finest so in this kind of world there is no let's just talk it out there's no talking it out amongst the lower level guys you don't talk it out until it gets to the top you know what i'm saying like you got to remember like this is about order. This is about loyalty. This is about, you know, this is like the corporation without all of the, you know, all of the paperwork, you know what I mean? Like they don't move until they get word from the heads. They don't make a hit until they get word from the heads, you know what I'm saying? Like, unless they get the blessing of doing what they got a chance to do, you know, usually they don't make a move without the head saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. Pass this word down to such and such. I want him to move in on it. And then, you know, Sam, once word get down to them. They go make the move. And so with, like you said, with Sam, I mean, with Sam, with Nikki being the made man, this is, this is 35 years in the making. Like Nikki knows what to do. Nikki does this. This is, this is how he's always been. He was like this since he was a child. So he, this is his line of work. This is his expertise. When you put him with a guy that's like, Sam, don't get me wrong, Sam was great at what he did, but once again, Sam's an outsider. So you already are in the sense kind of even being side-eyed for even being in this shit in the first place, because this ain't, you know what I'm saying, like, the old term goes, La Costa Nostra, like the family, like this is us. We don't, you know, it ain't, it ain't too many outsiders coming in and being treated the way Sam was treated. And so with Sam kind of once again, trying to do this whole legit thing because he, he, in a sense, I feel like he forgot why he was out there. He kind of took it into a sense to where after a while, like, he started he started doing some Nikki shit to where he wanted shit to go his way and, you know, so just like you said, but it's like, you can't do that. Like, that's not how this shit rolls. If you can't roll with the punches of what the head say, then you know, you got to you gotta fucking get the fuck out of here and we know how you get got the fuck out of here. And so with Nikki being with him, like Nikki was the reason that a lot of this shit was going the way it was going in the first place. Because it could have been plenty of times that they could have just came in and took Sam over. But when you got a guy like Nikki, that shit doesn't happen. You know, your shit is consistent, your shit is good. And I feel like with Sam's, you know, with him being so anal about everything and with him being so you know focused and, and calculated and you know make sure we stick to the plan and make sure we always in order once chaos start hitting you know you can't really you can't really put that shit in order you gotta go with the punches you gotta roll with it and I feel like on Nikki's behalf like he has to do what he has to do no matter what so when a guy disrespects him Knowing who Sam is and what Sam does and the blessing that Sam has, if somebody else sees that, then they're going to do it too, and then the next dude is going to come and do the same thing. So we have to make an example out of this guy. We have to let them know if they ever come to you like this, this is what's going to happen to them. No, I, I didn't have a problem with that scene. Mm-hmm. I was, but the what
1: what I ended up having a problem with Nikki was was the whole thing of like. What we what we understand from these type of movies, like this Goodfellas, um, mm-hmm. Godfather, all this type of shit, all wives are off limits. Y'all can cheat as much as you want, but the wives are off limits. That's one thing. But with mm-hmm. Nikki getting in, getting involved with the coke and getting sloppy, and then going and shooting up cop, cop houses and mm-hmm. shit like that, and then Nikki also being a guy that would know a situation like okay he went into um, the casino and he's at the table he don't supposed to be there and so he can't win so he's talking shit to all of the fucking dealers throwing cards in their face like hit me again hit me again talking Uh. shit like yo you don't fucking supposed to be here and then he was like... And then he asked Sam for 10 more thousand and all this type of shit. And it's like... Shit like that, it's like, yo, you're bringing unnecessary heat to a situation where you don't supposed to be here. It's like both of them really got to the point where they... they. That's one of those situations where you're watching a movie and it's like you got this plan. And mm-hmm. then the, the plan... Starts off fine, and then the chaos happens, and then the yeah. whole plan gets fucked up. Both yeah. of them are wrong. Yeah. Ginger is a different type of cancer, but I think that with I think that with Nikki, with getting banned as far as the black book, then starting fucking Ginger, and then he underestimated how crazy Ginger really was. Yeah. Like like that one scene where she had tied her daughter up to a bed. Mm-hmm. And Sam goes home, you know, get his daughter, you know, she was t- tied up, so he untie her up. And then he calls Nikki and then like and Nikki's like, yeah, she's down here with me. He was like, What you mean with you? And mm-hmm. so then he goes down there, then Sam calls the scene to get Ginger out of there. And then him and Ginger get in a fight at home, then she goes back. And she just says out loud in front of everybody, I need you to whack this motherfucker right now and all this type shit. And it's like, yo, like you bringing unnecessary attention. And So then he thought that he could control her and then she flips out on him and then he throws her out the back. And so it's like, and then that was the one time that Nikki admitted, like, yo, I fucked up, fucking with that broad. It was like, I, I really, really fucked up. And like he did, and then she's outside talking about I'm going to the FBI, no, nah, no, nah, nah, and all this type of shit. And then what he underestimated was how much of a damn cokehead she was. Yeah, and it's like you can't be like if you're gonna if you're gonna cheat, like you gotta cheat with somebody that has as much to lose as you do. Basically, mm-hmm. Ginger didn't care about anything but fucking Lester, but that's all she cared about. Was money, jury, and Lester. That was it. He mm-hmm. didn't give a fuck about no loyalty or any of that type shit. So, my thing with, with Sam was Sam was one of those type dudes where I think that he did let the money and that fame from running that casino get to him. But also, Nikki. I think that when Nikki left from back home, I think that Nikki had more freedom, and uh-huh. he let that freedom fuck him over. Because yeah. with him the, yeah. because they're just like attacking the cops' house. You supposed to get shit like that
0: approved from back home. Uh-huh. He just did that shit wrong. But but remember remember that's not even the only thing that Nikki did that wasn't approved. Remember, like the head that they was talking about that for a minute. Like yo. Like, a lot of this shit you doing, like, yo, you're not consulting us about this shit. Even the money shit. Like, remember he was saying, like, yo, as long as we, you know, I'm doing this shit. Because I think he even said it in, in one of the scenes where um, he sent, I forgot who he sent to go give the money to the heads. But, you know, he pulled out the, the, the manila envelope or whatever and handed it to him. And he was like, yo, he was like, a lot of this shit that we doing, you know, they would fucking kill us. But the money is so good. It's like, Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let them roll. So he was like, as long as the money keeps coming, we don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And then, like, when you think about, like, a lot of the (laughs) shit, like, I'm one of those
1: people who think about, like, a lot of crazy shit, like, like, even where I'm staying right now, like, how many fucking bodies are up under where I stay? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that one scene where he was saying that there's so many bodies buried out in that desert. He was like, and then before you take somebody out there, you got to dig the hole before you take them out there. Mm-hmm. He's like, because if you take them out there and then you kill them and you got to dig a hole, you never know who's going to pop up and then you're going to yep. have to kill two more people and dig two more holes. He's like, you're going to be out there all fucking day. So mm-hmm. like, to think about like all of the shady business, and all of the fucked up shit that happened out in Vegas especially around that time when the shit was being run by the mob like yeah. and like you said some people think it's still being run by the mob mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't think that it would be so far fetched right. but I think that both of them really got big heads in their in own sense and I think that Ginger was just so much of like this cancer who only cared about a few things like and then Sam knew what was gonna happen as soon as they broke up. Like, you know what I'm saying? She ended up fucking getting an overdose. Blew through her money, getting the overdose, and fucking dying. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that a guy like Nikki, you can't... I understood why they was trying to put a leash on him, but I think that when you get so... That's just like when, when my man put his feet on the table and they mm-hmm. kicked him out. He was like, do you know who you fucking with? Like... Nikki's one of those guys. Like, uh-huh. he's not like, do you know who you fuck with because of who I work for? I'm the guy. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I think that when you when you start thinking on that level, you feel that you are above the law and that you can do anything that you want. But there are still rules to what you're doing. And I think that Nikki forgot the rules of what they were doing. I think that what Sam forgot was it was, it was more of, like, a morals type of thing. I think yeah. Sam, like, I felt like if you really look at the way Sam was dressing in the beginning and then the way that Sam started dressing towards the end, it was different. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. he carried himself different. And Sam had also got to the point where, like, when, like, one, one of the craziest scenes, And, and (laughs) it buzzed me out every time I watch it. So when she got, when she took off with Lester, right. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, you know, just send my daughter home. And she was like, can I come home with her? So Sam, like, all right, come home. So they go out to eat. And he's like, so, you know, how much money did you spend? She's like, oh, you know, like 25,000. He was like, all right, what you spending on? Well, Lester bought four suits. He's like, all right. So um, he was like, four suits, 25 grand. They don't match up. Nah, nah, nah. And she was like, well, he got fitted for 25 suits. And then was like, he was like, so how can you get fitted for 25 suits in two days? You know, even I can't do that. And it's like, dude, like, she's cheating on you. All mm-hmm. right. But you, you sit here trying to count. The money and you're trying to, it's like that shit bugs me out every time I watch it because it's like it's like when you have to do this type of shit let that relationship go my guy, like there's, there's no fucking saving it there's no like the thing in his head and like he was like so fucking in love with her but he could never like get her to switch up and it's like that scene just bugs me out and then what I, well, the whole point that I was saying was he he was like the other time when they was in a restaurant and he was talking about how he was going to, you know, get her killed and all that type of shit. And it's like, I don't think the dudes back home would approve that type of hit.
0: 100%. They would just
1: be like, yo, you think so? Yeah. Because I think that if they realized that she was fucking up business, yes. Yeah. But I think if it was the situation where, oh, okay, she's cheating on you. All right. What else? Like I don't think that they would have I don't think that they would have been like, all right, well, we'll approve this hit. I think they would approve the hit if they knew that she was li you know liable enough to fuck up the business, which she was fucking up the business. But I think if it was just a situation where they're like, hey, she keeps going back to this old pimp dude Lester, I want her taken out. I think they would be like, I don't know if if that's the type of shit that we wanna
0: no. You know, I'm gonna tell you what well, I think would happen would be that Sam, her, and Lester would be dead, right? Because you know, what I'm saying you make a great point when you say "fucking up the business." Well, if she's fucking up Sam's life by messing with this pimp, then that's fucking up the business because now Sam can't focus on the business. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, like I said, this we talking about the mob. The mob is basically a corporation without certifications. You know what I mean? Like they don't have the pay taxes and all this other shit and they don't have the, you know, the the building uh permits and all this other shit. Like this is this is what, you know, imagine Amazon without, you know what I'm saying, government sanctions. You know, so like imagine what Jeff Bezos could do if the government wasn't on his ass. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the type of shit that we gotta, you know, think about. Like, we forget, like it was a point in time to where, you know what I'm saying, like the mob would run shit like the Wild West. Like they didn't give a fuck about who they were hitting. And if it affected the fucking business, then you were going to get fucking done up. You know what I'm saying? Like, at one point in time, Chicago was, you know what I'm saying, like, one of them places to where if you seen the car coming up at, the, at a certain time in a certain way, you knew to get the fuck out of there because he's about to pull out that Tommy gun and let shit happen. You know what I mean? Or, or they're about to start shooting some shit up. It's time to fucking go. And so we don't, you know, and they're not giving a fuck who's in there. They just know that such and such is in there. It's been confirmed that he's in there. They're going to come like this bitch up. And so knowing how to, you know, like knowing a little bit about how the mob works and what they do, like that's one of those things to where, you know, that relationship, like you said, it's a cancer, you know? So that means that he's going to get hit and she's going to get hit and Lester's going to get hit. But I think that, You know, the the relationship between Ginger and Sam was more so, you know, first off, you know, let's talk about Ginger. Like Ginger was, like you said, she was the original scamming bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like she was the, the scammer before all scammers, basically. Like that's what she fucking did. And, you know, at first it was more so not about Lester. It was really about her. It was really about her trying to make sure she had a way and that she was always going to survive. Like the way I look at it is, I don't even look at it as her, you know, saying, caring about Lester. I think that she was just selfish to the point to where she did whatever she needed to do to make sure she was okay. And I think that Lester was just her excuse, right? Because when you first go look at everything that she's doing, like she's robbing the fuck out of all these guys. But at the same time, like, she's, you know what I'm saying, she's still getting shit on the side. She's still, like, you know what I'm saying, she got it to the point to where she got guys buying her all kind of shit. And a lot of the shit she wasn't even pawning off. And so, you know, like, once she got with Sam, I think that what she did was she kind of underestimated Sam and who he was because when they first got there, there was no, you know what I'm saying, like, there was no spotlight about them. Like, these guys are basically still new Las Vegas and so when Sam started treating her the way he did and taking her out, buying her all these nice things and getting her all this shit it became a point in time to where she kind of lost that mentality of being selfish it was a small little window but she forgot about being selfish and she really started falling in love with Sam even though in the beginning she was like yo I don't really want to be with you but I mean if I can benefit from it you know why wouldn't I fuck with you but I think what ended, up, what ended up happening was she started to see that, especially in the um, in the, the situation where they had the, um, what the fuck was it, where he was winning the award and they're sitting there or whatever and he's, you know, he's going, he's talking and everything. And so she finally realizes because, like, it's not like he's paying her that much attention and he's giving her all this attention. Like, he's, you know, still basically working he's, you know, mingling in the crowd and talking to people, getting these connections still, like, he's doing all of this shit. She realizes, like, yo, like, I'm not even, uh, I'm not even, you know, basically giving anything to this situation. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, helping him at all. Like, even if he decides to say fuck it today, I really don't, I don't get anything out of it. What do I really bring to the table? And I think that's why she was kind of at the, um, I think that's why she had went to go call Lester in the back room and you know, kind of talk to Lester because if you really pay attention to Ginger, like Ginger is you could tell Ginger felt unloved throughout the whole movie. You know, she in a sense it was like she didn't feel like she belonged in any of the situations. You could, you know, saying she was always either getting fucked or she was always either getting shit balled for, her, but you never seen those moments to where her and Sam was really enjoying themselves, except for, you know, something like when, of course, she got pregnant and everything like that. Like, she had those, they had those, like, real small moments, but it was, like, real small windows, and then Sam was right back to it. He was right back to the grind. And so I feel like she always kind of felt like, you know what I'm saying, she was an outsider, even though her husband was one of the most successful guys in Las Vegas, one of the most known guys in Las Vegas, especially knowing what they did. I think that her coming from, you know what I'm saying, like that street background and, you know what I'm saying, she was always going to be comfortable with what he did. I think it was just there was no real benefit for her. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no love for her. And so without that, like you kind of feel detached from everything, like even with the kids, shit. like she wasn't going to be a, a great fucking mom. We knew that because she could, she was only caring about herself. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't going to be a great a wife because she was selfish. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think about it, what what was she... Like, she didn't cook. She didn't clean. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like she was going out and buying Sam shit. I mean, like, what, what Dude, could she I'm, really bring? I'm going to tell
1: you who she was. Yeah. She was Nola from Hustle & Flow. You remember when... You remember when... When DJ started doing the rapping thing, yeah, right. So DJ doing the rapping thing, you got Key. Like what well, the thing was, Tahaji was pregnant, right? Right. So she felt like everybody had something to do but her. Mm-hmm. You remember that scene where where he needed that mic, yeah. And um, so he, you know, told her to give the dude some head to get the mic. And so they had an argument outside. She was like, everybody's doing something but me. She was like, and like that was like ginger. She was like, everybody got something going on but me.
0: I don't necessarily think so because if you really think about it, like Nola was really like the the key to all of that shit. Like she probably didn't look at it that way, but like the fact that she got that mic for him was more than any of them ever did, really. You know what I'm saying? Like she was the one who made sure that shit was still rolling, and for real, for real, like she was his only hope. For real, she she what well, I'm talking about like at
1: first, like she she didn't realize like the importance of what she was doing because exactly because when when because when DJ started needing equipment, the only cash flow was Nola. Exactly. So I see what you're saying. But but Ginger, she didn't, see, Ginger didn't
0: play. see Ginger was more so of. Uh, once again I'm using this word she was the beneficiary of everything. Like to me I don't feel like Nola was the beneficiary of anything. I feel like if anything she was the cash cow. Like she was the one keeping the, the boat afloat. Ginger to me I felt like was more so a hole in the boat. You know what I'm saying? Like because you know the the whole thing where he you know he gets this account and they go to the account and she got a key, he got a key and then you know he's telling her about all this shit that he has envisioned for. And you can even, excuse me, like you can even see it in her eyes. Like, and I think that she played that role well. Um What's her fucking name? Um, Sharon, Sharon Stone? Stone. Yeah, Sharon Stone played that role so well. Like you could see it in her eyes. Like she didn't even feel that way when he was telling her. Like she wasn't even, she didn't even like have an inkling of belief that, you know, saying, like, she, that whatever he was saying was real, because it was just, like, you know, I'm sure that she's heard that a thousand times over. And, you know, at the same time, with her being in the situation that she was in when they met, you got to remember, like, this is what she was already doing. Guys were already buying her shit. Guys was already treating her to dates and taking her places and doing all these things with her. It was just that (coughs) Sam... Sam was the one who just so happened to marry her. And so I think that she looked at Sam like she looked at all the rest of them because it wasn't like, you know, he, you know, he he was really doing anything for her for real. He was just buying her shit. I don't think it was until the time where they went and got the account that she really started to get, like at the moment she didn't believe it, but after a while it started to sink in, like, wow, this dude really cares about me. And that's what I mean when I say like they had those small windows to where she really started to fall in love with Sam I think it was just more so the fact that everything else was taking precedent over her where she started looking at it like okay I'm in this big ass house and I got all this money and all this shit and I really don't got no friends for real like in the friends that I do go out with if I do go out when I go home this motherfucker think I'm doing some shit so shit I might as well be doing some shit right and now she's going to Lester. And Lester's like, well shit, let me get this, let me get that. And then, you know, he's getting, he's basically using her just like everybody else has used her. So I always felt like in the in a way like Ginger was just more so um, you know what I'm saying? Like she was just more so just a product of her environment, if anything else, like for lack of a better term, I guess. Well, I mean, like when you think about like the downfall, um,
1: well, it really what really fucked the whole organization up with the people back home was that one scene where the FBI had that one, um, I don't want to call it a corner store. Um, one of those oh, stores was bugged. Yeah. And so this one dude's talking to his mama and this other dude, and he's saying everybody's name. He's talking yeah. about the money that's coming up short. Like he he sells out the whole business without even he's realizing.
0: Yeah.
1: He gave everything up. So then the downfall start to happen. And then so the people back home got to start eliminating people. And, like, what they did to the Nikki and his brother, I understood the message that they was trying to send because, like you said, Nikki was doing a whole bunch of shit that he did not supposed to be doing. He wasn't consultant right. with so back home. So they were like, we got to make a message of him.
0: And don't so, forget, the
1: money starts slowing up. Yeah, but well, the money had been slowing up. Because yeah. Sam even said, like, the fucking... Every time they would go home, when Frank would go home, it, it got lighter and lighter and lighter, lighter, lighter. But light, then yo. the one time, then the one time Frank, because Frank was like, I don't even know if I'm going to leave out of there. He was like, when he go in, because he knew it was short. So he was yeah. like, I have no idea if I'm going to be able to make it out this room. And then at one time they hit him with the question, "Yo, it was like, is 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 Nikki uh, fucking a Jew's wife?" And he knew Nikki was, but he had yeah. to say no because he was like, "I'm already feeling like they're gonna kill me because, you know, what I'm saying the shit. The, the bag is lighter, but then if I tell them that he's fucking Nikki, and I know, that Nikki Nikki's me. fucking Ginger, and they know I know, they're gonna take me out too. What's so, it? and even if I he get that, out, Nikki gonna kill him. But I think that in that same scene that they probably didn't show it, I think that he made a deal with them Yeah. because remember when Nikki and his brother got fucked up, he was, he was the main cool. one with the damn bat fucking people up. Mm-hmm. So they beat Nikki and his brother up and buried them alive. And yeah. Frank was involved in that. So yep. I think that he made a deal with everybody back home and shit, he probably was the damn one who put the damn bomb in um, sales cart. It's Sam's car, but what um, ended up saving Sam was they put a fucking metal plate under the damn car, so Sam yep. was able to get out the car before the whole thing blew up. So, but then Sam knew at this point, I have nobody, I got no connections, yep, I don't know how to, I, I can't really get a a, a a real job, and I also want to maintain a lifestyle that I'm living. So the mm-hmm. only thing Sam could do was to go back and bet games the way that he used to, but yep. you know, on a lower level, probably in secrecy, mm-hmm. to where he wouldn't get noticed. And so basically, that's one of those things where it's like, if I would have kept doing what I was doing and not get greedy, I could have had a much stress-free life. And probably in the long run, I still I, I would be in the same exact spot, more stable, and then having like <coughs> 10 years of this run where I'm running the casino, making all this money, making a name for myself, and then going back to that same lifestyle that you was doing yeah. 20 years ago. It seems like he would have just been better off staying
0: where he was, doing games the way that he was doing I mean, you can say that, but it's like you gotta remember as well too, like it wasn't Sam's idea to go out there. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't Nikki's idea to go out there. It was more so like, you know, getting, you know, being on a team and getting traded to another team to or um not being traded. The the better example would be like um uh in soccer, right? So in soccer when a when a team is like, when a team is, like, major, like, say, um, like, uh, the team everybody probably would know would be, like, a Manchester United, right? So, with, with Manchester United, they have, like, their main team, which is Manchester United. And then, like, they'll have, like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight other lower-level teams. And so, what they'll end up doing is they'll have, they'll groom a guy all the way from you know what I'm saying, from the bottom to the top, or they'll have a guy that eventually shows up in one of these lower-level teams, and then they'll move him to um, the top or whatever, right? Or if one of the lower-level teams isn't doing too well and they got a guy that's good enough to still, you know what I'm saying, like show up and play for Manchester United, but they're doing so well that they really don't need the help, they'll send him down to like one of the lower-level teams to get that team back up and going. And continue, you know, I'm saying to get the success for that team. And I think that's pretty much what it was. It was that, you know, if they're going to expand, you want your best guys out there doing that. You want guys that's hot. You want guys that's moving and, and bringing in the cash flow. So if you don't have these guys bringing in this cash flow and doing these things that you're supposed to, then You know what I'm saying? You sending somebody out to Vegas is not going to be what you think it's going to be. It's eventually going to fall and crumble, and then now you're going to be sitting there fucked, because now you got all of this shit, and it's a possibility that you can be fucked up, right? And so, I think that them going out to Vegas was, you know what I'm saying, going to happen regardless. I think once they got to Vegas, the freedom that they had was the thing that really fucked everything up. Because they were bringing in so much money that the heads eventually was just like, well, shit, we really don't got to watch these guys. I mean, like look at what they're doing out there. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the, the heads looked at it as the money was really the telltale sign of whether they were being successful or not. And I think that once they really started to get in that, in that funk to where they really couldn't bring in that same kind of cash flow, it started to, you know, what I'm saying, really poke holes in everything that they was doing out there, and like you got to remember, like they was sending dudes out there to be with them for a minute, and then they was bringing up, they was bringing them back and sending other guys out there. It was Nikki that was just like, "Yo, I want the same crew. I don't want all these other guys that you bringing. I want my consistency." And when, I, and I felt like once he got those same guys, it started to be this thing to where, okay we fucked up. I can't get into these casinos. I can't make sure this money is rolling. We gotta find a way to make sure that this lease don't get on us. So now let's start doing, you know what I'm saying, B&Es. Let's start breaking and entering in these homes and let's start getting these guys for what they really were. And once he started doing that, that's when I started to kind of see like, okay, this shit not gonna go well because now they're scrounging up money just to make sure that everything still looks good. And then when you know, when Sam gets kicked out of the casino, it fucks all their plans up, but it's not like he's trying to get back to that. Instead, he tries to be on TV. Now he thinks he's bigger than the, you know, he thinks he's bigger than the family. He thinks he's bigger than the organization. We don't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how shit works. You're not one of the heads, so you're definitely not going to do it. And then on top of that, you're not even one of us, so we really can't let you live like that. Like, now it's like you, you know too much. So what if you go on one of these TV channels you know, and you want to be goddamn Johnny Carson, and you start talking about all of these stories that happened, you know what I mean? Or you start asking all these questions and comparing it. Like, you know, it's so so many loose ends to this situation in Vegas that there was no way it was going to go any other way. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was no way that they were going to continue to be that successful with everything that they were doing and with all the situations that was occurring. And then, like you said, with Ginger in the picture, it's only making it worse. It was already starting to get bad, but now it's getting bad way faster because now we got this chick who she only really gives a fuck about herself and she's with our cash cow. So now like he's bringing in all this money, but at the same time that him bringing in all this money, he kind of giving her down there half of everything. So it's like, we can't have it, you know what I'm saying? Of course they get an A payment and they payment pay is good. They payment is straight, but you know, he's starting to get distracted off this broad and now that he's getting distracted from her, you know, he's not really as focused as he should be. And then once he started to get back on his focus, he's not as good as he used to be. So it's like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know what I mean? But Yeah. And and
1: before and before we get to the fire flames, man, like when you think about, you know, a guy like Martin Scorsese and like taking these true stories and put and when you think about casino, and mm-hmm. it's very it's very easy to get casino confused with
0: Goodfellas, Goodfellas and
1: Godfather. It's, it's, Auto,
0: yeah,
1: like it's the same. Like especially casino and Goodfellas because they are mm-hmm. they they're a couple of years apart, if not yep. one year. And the they only thing that chance. switched out was you got Ray Liotta, yep, instead of Joe Pesci, mm-hmm. and. You got Al Pacino, and um, what well, Al Pacino is in? No, 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 no. Pacino was no. in Godfather. Yeah, but I'm not talking about Godfather because Godfather. Yeah. I I don't confuse Godfather
0: uh-huh.
1: with with the rest of them. But what I mean by Goodfellas and Casino is it's it's a story. From a guy that was involved, yeah. Like Goodfellas was the was the guy that ended up being the snitch in the end, yeah. So it was from his point of view. He told the story from his point of view. Like he narrated like the whole thing. Uh-huh. And like Morris Scorsese does these things, and like he done it again a year ago with fucking um, the Irishman. Yep. It was it was it's really the same thing. The only difference is it was on this dude that ran the fucking union and New York, and all of this type of shit, and they was doing all of their, you know what I'm saying, dirty shit on the side, so he's always able to bring you these Italian or Irish, you know, type of true crime stories, mm-hmm. like, all of these bitches are, like, fucking three hours, like, yeah. like it's crazy as fuck, because he gives you so much information, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, it's like, you also got to remember, you don't know what's being fabricated. You don't know if if this person told the story to make themselves look better or to make themselves look a little bit more innocent or to make themselves look bigger than what they really were. But I think that the film industry wouldn't be the same
0: without a guy like Mars Corsese. Because I, I think that's, that I think that's the ahead. beauty of it, though. That's the beauty of it, you know. Like, like you said, like we don't know what's fabricated, we don't know what's exaggerated, we don't know if this happened at all. You know what I mean? Like, this is more so even and even though this is you know saying these is people's real stories that he's putting into visuals. You know what I'm saying? Like he's using the stories from actual people who were involved, people who were actually there in certain situations. Like we talk about the Irishman and they um they bring up um dude uh, his uh, his name is I'm blanking on his name uh Hoffa Jimmy Hoffa yeah Jimmy Hoffa yeah. in this movie and you know what I'm saying like to this day we still don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa yep they don't even know where dudes buried at but the fact that you know what I'm saying they he got a guy who knows about Jimmy Hoffa and, and he, you know what I'm saying, they even had the idea of what kind of happened to Hoffa in this movie, like we don't know if that's real, we don't know if that really happened, like, you know what I'm saying like all we know is, is that a lot of this shit kind of went the way it went you know what I mean, and some of this shit was of course, you know what I'm saying, exaggerated for, you know what I'm saying, visual effect or whatever but we know that the shit that happened was not pretty, we know that that these motherfuckers ran a lot of the shit that's going on. We know that the underground scene was theirs for the longest. We know that at one point in time, they were bigger than the government almost, you know what I'm saying? Like they were taking over governments. They was raising senators and they was, you know what I'm saying, taking out law enforcement, you know what I'm saying? They had law enforcement on payroll. Um, Like I said, in Chicago, it was a time to where the mob was so big in Chicago, like police didn't even bother these motherfuckers. Like, it's stories about guys that be in Chicago. They come in and shoot a motherfucker on the corner and the police go just pick the body up and just, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't think it was until, who was it? Hoover. I think it was Hoover, you know, when Hoover got into it and started the FBI and really started to get into these guys about, you know, saying them taking over and them, doing the shit they did and, and all of this, like, we, we can't have this in this country because if they take over, then we're not, you know, like, we're not going to be able to do what we want to do in the government. Like, so really, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what it really is is like this battle of, and this is just the way I look at it. Right. It's really a battle of two entities one being considered legal, the other being considered illegal, and they're basically battling for supremacy. And the only difference is is that the illegal entity is the one that's like is is usually getting the W because they're doing anything that they fucking want to. There's no rule book for this. Right. And the the legal entity right being the the government being legal, the underground mafia being illegal, like the the legal side of it is like, okay, we want to take these guys out, but we have to do it a certain way because we want, you know what I'm saying, people to know that we're not just out here doing whatever the fuck we want to do. And so I take that and I look at it in the sense of Sam and Nikki. Like, I feel like Nikki was that, you know what I'm saying, illegal entity. And I feel like Sam was trying to be that legal entity to where it was like, hey, I got this vision, right? We can start off being you know what I'm saying, these uh, like scumbag type of guys and taking over and doing all this other shit, but eventually if we become legal, there's nothing that they can really do to us. And then you got a guy like Nikki who's just like, fuck all that. We could just take this shit over and they can't do nothing to us regardless. What are they going to fucking do? We'll just kill them too. And I think that when you look at it in that sense, like you can kind of see the, you know, what I'm saying? like the, the, the ups and downs of how everything is going to go. And you can kind of see that battle happening even throughout this movie. Like you kind of seen them like, but bump heads in, in certain situations, you know what I'm saying? You kind of seen like, um, one of the scenes where I think Nikki and his wife had showed up to the new house that, um, that Sam and, um, and Ginger Mm -hmm. had, yeah, that Sam and Ginger had, and you can tell, like, they, it just, it was like an uncomfortable feeling, and you know what I'm saying, like, it was just something about that scene that was just so off to me, but, you know, I I don't know, man, It's, it's just one of those things to where, you know, this mob thing is just, it's so crazy to be able to see and hear all these stories about the way that these dudes did some of the shit that they did and not really be affected, like, you know what I'm saying, like by the police or by the government, you know what I'm saying, at one point in time, like, they really ran the country or they ran a part of the country for, like, a a nice little portion of time, you know what I'm saying, from, like, Boston all the way down to fucking to Chicago, You know what I'm saying? Like damn near the whole East Coast was mafia. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the Midwest was mafia. Like, um shit, even in Ohio, like to this day, I think like Youngstown is one of the most mafia driven cities in the in the country. You know what I mean? So like it's just it's just interesting to see, like you said, man, Scorsese put these stories together and really give us a lot of the shit that he gives us. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I fucked up um by saying that
1: no, Joe Pesci was in fucking goodfellas I, I i meant what i was trying to say was goodfellas was just basically plus ray liotta and ray yeah. liotta was the one who told the story he was the one that ended up getting in protective custody or whatnot yeah but um but as far as casino goes man um i think that it was it was, a, it was a, a really good film like you know i was thinking about when you said that Nikki was your favorite character, and I'm sitting him thinking like, "Do I got a favorite character in this movie? I don't have a favorite character in this movie. Yeah. yeah, like I didn't really rock with like like anybody. Like like this was to me, it was one of those movies where I seen everybody's flaws. Like yeah, I could I couldn't find a positive thing about really like anybody really because it was like I would see shit that Nikki's doing, I was like, he's handling that wrong." I look at Sam; he's handling that wrong. Ginger, yeah. she's doing that wrong. Like Lester was just, just just a straight up piece of shit. So it's like I didn't really have a, like a favorite character. Like I usually try to root for somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you end up getting this thing where you hope this person succeed. And like I didn't root for anybody in this movie. Yeah, but, but with that being said, as far as the way that Mark Scorsese did it, um, he always found a way to put together these classics. And for me, I would get Casino, because I, like, when I think about Casino Goodfellas and Irishman and shit like that, I would put Casino in the middle. I I would give it probably like a four or five
0: flame. Four? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, man, for me, um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, this is one this is probably one of the only ones out of, you know, what I'm saying, like those mafioso movies that if it comes on, I'm I'm always gonna watch it. I don't care where it is. Um I don't I don't really have any quarrels with this movie. Like like I said, Nikki is my favorite character only because you know what I'm saying he he did a lot of what it had to take to make sure that you know what I'm saying shit had to get done and he went through so much like and then like we you gotta remember as well like Nikki was older than Sam. You know what I'm saying? Like Nikki was was really like the big brother in this situation. So, you know what I'm saying, to see him kind of look at Sam and really, you know what I'm saying, embrace Sam the way he did was to me already one of those things where it's like, yo, that's dope as fuck because that shit could have went a totally different way. Like he really could have just off Sam and it wouldn't been no issue. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of this shit like could have been, you know what I'm saying, so many kind of different ways. Um, but you know what I'm saying, to see, you know what I'm saying, more than just the mafia side of it, to really see that these guys were in their personal life, like, you know what I'm saying? We really didn't even get into, you know, what I'm saying the, the Nikki situation with his son. You know what I'm saying? That the fact that every morning that this dude woke up, he would make his son pancakes you know what I'm saying spend time, sit down, eat breakfast with his son, and then be on his way doing all kind of dirt and shit. But at the end of the day, like he always was there for his child. You know what I'm saying we didn't talk about how, you know, what I'm saying great of a father that Sam was, you know what I'm saying being. We, you know, we we get it we didn't really get too much into their personal lives, but you know what I'm saying these guys at the end of the day were really good dudes. They were really just doing what it took to basically provide for their families and to make sure that they had a way when at a time, you know, it really wasn't a lot for them to really get into. And so for me, you know what I'm saying, to see that story and to kind of, you know what I'm saying, like, know that, that struggle, I mean, it was just a, a great movie for me visually. The story was great. Um, the cast was amazing. Um, I mean, I got to give it up to James Woods, bro. James Woods plays the perfect asshole every time and him being Lester was just like I hated Lester. Lester was the to me the worst character in this fucking movie. And so, you know what I'm saying, like for that though, just period. Like it was just great casting. Everybody did a great job. Um I'm gonna give it a five man. <clears throat> five fire flame where I got to man. Like I said, one of my one of my favorite movies, definitely in my top ten. Um it's just one of those movies that I, I constantly got to get a piece of every time I see it.
1: Okay. I'm not hating on it. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Man, uh, so this <laughs> this next one, man, you know, is is, is surrounded around a uh, from my understanding, I never got into the books. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's based on this character, this detective guy who um, becomes very famous in these novels and all this type of stuff, and they end up putting it on film. It's played by a very, very good actor. Um, they end up doing a new movie about it, and it changed them. Obviously, this person couldn't play this character anymore because he's just right. too old. The new yeah. one was cool. You know what I'm saying? He was old,
0: he was old then, too. Yeah, he was old then, too. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. was on there too, but
1: um, <laughs> but like when they did these series, man, and and what was great about it was, you you had to be into the character to know because they ended up doing two movies based on his yeah. characters and the and the his name isn't on the shit, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's like his character is in it, but you would have to if if you follow it you would know because the, the mm-hmm. two movies had two totally different names. And the the one that we're doing, um the co star in it, um I mean to me, I I I, I wouldn't call her a whole legend out here, but she's she's pretty close. Okay. She's up there. She's done she had like a hell of a fucking run in the nineties. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She ended up starting falling off a little bit when she started getting a little older. But like I just think that this movie, like, we when, when you're doing these movies that are about these detectives that are so brilliant at what they do, and like, I like those type of movies where you where you see them put like this damn, like they get this case, and then they start taking the you know well in this one. The case ended up being personal to him. And like yeah. and to watch them like what I love about movies, obviously, like we did our top five movies all the time. My number one was bone collector. And yeah. like to watch a detective, you know what I'm saying, take a case from nothing and end up outsmarting the guy towards the end yeah. or not. I, I don't know, man. It's it's something I, I that I, I tend to like about shit like that. I don't know. It's it's weird, but I do.
0: Well, um, I'm very familiar with the author of the novels that, that were written, right? Um, I've seen that name I don't know how many times growing up because my grandmother, that's her favorite author. Okay. So she has every book he's ever written. Wow. And yeah, so um, I I know I know a little bit about um, the book. I didn't, I haven't read it myself. I rarely seen. <coughs> me, I rarely seen the movie. I seen like little bits and pieces of it, but I do know the character, right? Mm-hmm. And what's funny is the guy who replays this character in the new movie is not the guy I would ever think in a thousand years that would play that character same <laughs> and same so here. yeah like when i even when i seen the trailer for the movie i was like really like hmm that's weird but yeah man it's um it's definitely a classic let's, let's start there it is one of those movies that you know what i'm saying uh, once again amazing cast um the co-star of it yes she's definitely up there with Credits. Um, I mean, if you called her a legend, you really wouldn't be wrong, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the, the star of the movie, like, he's definitely a legend. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, he's definitely a legend, but um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited about this one. I, um, I'm gonna I'm go back and watch this one just to make sure you know, I, I got some, some points on this one because uh, it's I think it's hard to take a movie and create it from a book, right? It's not really a lot of movies that have been super successful during this process. Um, You got like Harry Potters, you got like Lord of the Rings. um, What's the other one? Uh, Chronicles of Narnia, you know what I'm saying? Like movies like that. But those are like, fantasy, um, you know what I mean? Like, that type of thing. Like, dragons and wizards and, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. Or, uh, uh, Twilight, you know, vampires and shit like that. Like, a lot of fantasy. It's different when it's, you know what I'm saying, like, a, a crime, you know what I'm saying, drama, you know what I'm saying, detectives and shit like that. Like, it's more so, like, real life shit. And so yeah. I think it's, I think the fact that this movie did, you know what I'm saying, what it did and and became a classic in its own right, I think that is just a tribute to the author and how well he wrote, you know what I'm saying, the story and how well he put, and then <clears throat> how well he put this character together and invested in this character to be able to, you know what I'm saying, like, make that happen. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, listen,
1: uh, um, I'm I'm, start, I'm starting to get like you, man. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it short. You know what I'm saying? Go follow yeah. the Stolen Time Pod on Instagram, s.foster8 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, follow the Stolen Time um, Podcast page on Facebook, Stolen Time Podcast on all major platforms. Just as the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, like I spoke on here at the beginning, my idea for the next pod is going to be for that so be on the lookout for that. It's gonna be coming
0: out very soon, and uh, that's all I got to plug, man. Yeah, man. Um, before I get mine, though, bro, you are fucking hilarious, bro. Dude, you that one stolen time episode, bro. You put fucking Nate Robinson on the fucking cover of it, bro. That shit was fucking <laughs> hilarious, bro. I just I forgot to tell you about that. Um, <laughs> I was like, bro. When I seen that shit posted, I was like, man, he wrong for that shit, bro. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that was just that. <laughs> um, man, check me out, man. School's Bronson, um, at School's Bronson on Twitter. Uh, School's Bronson underscore TV on Instagram. Um, you don't have to go to my YouTube. I got some things coming up on YouTube, actually. Um, I got something in the works right now that I'm doing. But definitely go to 15 Minutes of Fame. Make sure you check that out um, and check out Isolated Society as well. All right. Cool, cool. And also the VA uh, Podcast Watch Group page. Yep. Trying to get up to 100 people, y'all. Come on, man. Make sure y'all add yourself to this group if you're on Facebook. um, You know what I'm saying? Let us know uh, if you guys got any ideas or anything like that, any comments, any of that stuff, man. Hit us up on the VA pod Watch Group on Facebook. Um, We definitely are looking for everybody that's listening to be a part of that because we're trying to build a small community of people who watch movies, people who watch TV shows, that kind of thing. Um, you know what I'm saying? They give us something to talk about. And, of course, like I said, like we've been saying since we started this thing, man, we want to do um, some watch parties with you guys and be able to, you know what I'm saying, contact with you guys, get feedback, and interact with y'all while y'all listening. You know what I'm saying? We want to really hear what you guys think. So please make sure you guys go do that. If this is your first time listening, make sure you uh, hit that subscribe button. Would we would greatly appreciate it um if you're listening on apple make sure you leave us a rating that it definitely helps us in the algorithms it puts us closer to the top to where more people can find us make sure you guys share with a friend and um uh that's all for me man how about you that's
1: it man that's all i got for this episode man
0: cool man well another one down in the books man i'm feeling good about this one like i said one of my favorite movies man hopefully you guys enjoyed it too And with that being said, man, you know how they say it in Hollywood. It's a wrap. Cut.